Welcome to 15 Minutes of Mental Toughness with your host, Dr. Rob Bell. Dr. Rob interviews expert coaches, executives, and athletes about mental toughness and their hinge moments. The hinge. It connects who we are with who we've become, and it only takes one. And now for your host, Dr. Rob. hard I think you know I think what I hear from a lot of coaches is it's hard to stay on that path um I can't tell you how many you know letters and things I get from from individuals that go Todd you know I, I just finished reading it for the sixth time mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like are you crazy how do you do that I couldn't I mean I can't read it for, you know but um I think again I think it, it resonates because this drive this pursuit of what we think you know, is going to bring peace in our lives. The wins, the championships, we get, you know, those things are great and we're, it's a part of life. It's great for us to pursue those, but we can't do it at the expense of the things that matter most. And that's the challenge, especially in our culture today. This podcast, 15 Minutes of Mental Toughness is brought to you by our sponsor, SOS Rehydrate. It's an organic drink mix as effective as an IV drip. It's proven by science and used by elite athletes because only the best will do for elite athletic performance. So for all your hydration needs, our listeners today get 15% off if you enter the code mental toughness at INeedSOS.com. Welcome everybody to 15 Minutes of Mental Toughness. Our guest today is uh, 25 years in leadership, coaching experience, team dynamics through businesses, entrepreneurship, uh, as collegiate basketball coach, obviously one of my favorite parts. And I have come to know this individual because he wrote the iconic book called Lead for God's Sake. Uh, My guest today, his leadership and cultural principles have been embraced by many successful leaders and coaches in NCAA, Major League Baseball, uh, the NBA, NFL. Uh, This individual is a sought after speaker with universities, teams, companies all across uh, the United States. Um, We reside in the same state, Hoosier State of Indiana. And uh, my guest today is Todd Gung, or Todd, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us, man. Hey, it's my pleasure, Rob. I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you having me on. So we start every interview basically like this. Tell us about what mental toughness is to you. Oh man, I, I love this question. Obviously, this and, and I think you know as as I think through that, I guess I go to really the ability um, to accurately discern truth uh, from the lies that constantly attempt to fill our minds. Um, you know, and that can go all kinds of different places from there. But I think when it really comes down to it, there's this constant battle going on in, in the mind that whether it's I should quit, it doesn't matter, I can't do this, um, no one cares, no one's. Wa- I mean, you know, like we could go on and on about all the lies, mm-hmm. but there is a constant battle. And I guess when I think of mental toughness, I think of the ability to, to recognize that battle for what it is and 
to replace those lies consistently with truth. Um, you know, and I look at that also as a, uh, a lifelong journey too, because it seems like no matter how we how good we could be at it, there's always something a little bit more that we can take and, and get better at it. Because again, like I said, I don't think the stream of lies ever ever stops yeah. in this world that we're in today. So. So with that the battlefield of the mind that, that takes place all the time, and we see it with with athletes, successful individuals, um, where, in your in your perspective, where does that come from? <laughs> well, I mean, I, there's there's a couple things. Number one, I, I I would look at you know the prevailing cultural norms right now. I mean, our culture, particularly with with social media today. I think everything's been magnified because these other spheres of society that we would be being consistently influenced by, whether it's athletics or religion or business or politics or whatever, all that's been magnified now with the digitization um, and the access to, you know, because, our, because of our smartphones. So um, I think that battle has only heated up because there's a lot of things that, whether it's comparison and likes and retweets and all that other stuff that's going on, you know, or even just the information that's coming that, that has a bias or a bent from one side or the other, it's constantly trying to sway us. I think there's a lot, a lot of those things, those lies that are coming from that um, in our culture. Uh, me personally, my faith is, is a very important part of life. And so I, I look at it as a very spiritual battle too. I believe there's, there's a, a spiritual battle going on daily and there's a, there's a battle for our minds and our, and our hearts, even more importantly. And so, again, I think that's why I, I emphasize when I say truth. I, I'm, for me, I say truth with a capital T. Um, there's, a, there's a lot that I believe, um, there's a lot of truth that I think we're missing in society today or that, or that we're underestimating the power of. Yeah. And so for me, that's those are kind of the, the places I think that comes from. And so I guess, you know, from that spiritual perspective, what, what, what is the truth? Well, again, I, I would look at that. I believe that begins in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. um, for me, um, I believe that that is where everything um, begins and where everything flows from. So, uh, again, like I say, one of the biggest problems I think in society today is, is character. When I talk about character with groups, I, I believe that it's become a relative term we no longer we've kind of moved away from this well you know that then used to be a gray area but now if it makes you feel good i guess it must be okay or you know if it's okay with you it must be all right with everybody and and there's i just think we've gotten away from you know like i said where i find truth anyways is is the word of god i think it's proven over thousands of years and and in my experience um doesn't mean everything's easy that's within that um source but in my experiences, it's definitely true. And I've seen it play out so many times. And again, uh, as you research even deeper into the word, I think you see over and over where these patterns play out and they've played out for thousands and thousands of years and have been proven. Um, but again, are we really willing to look at it uh, for what it is? So, sure. Um, yeah. You know, I know it's not one of those topics that uh, popular media is really going to jump on and in terms of that, and even athletes that are pretty outspoken in their faith, um, it just doesn't get covered that often. 
you know, one of the things I share with athletes, especially from a spiritual standpoint, and is that uh, that why why would you want to think those bad thoughts? Why would you want to be stepping up to the line thinking, boy, I hope I don't miss this shot? And so I've always approached that standpoint from that's where that battle of the mind kind of takes place and that if there is a God, that that's not the thought that's coming from God, that's coming from someplace else. Um, Have you seen that in terms of, you know, the work that you've done? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, like I said, I think um, we have to be so careful. Um, You know, I believe... I believe God created us in His image. He loves us, wants a relationship with us, and that's a that's a core, central part of our lives. Um, all of the things that we have the opportunity to do, the positive things that we have the opportunity are, are always related to others. Um, and I think that's where we get caught up in the lie when we think, well, this is only, I'm the only one that this matters to, or I'm the only, you know, this is all about me, 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 instead of, Man, I'm here with a group of guys. I'm here with a group of people. I'm bringing joy to all kinds of others. I'm, I am. Um, people are looking at me and going, "Man, he's got something special because of how he's going through this tough situation and how he's facing those battles." Um, what is that? There's, there's a peace that that this person has that I just don't understand. How can they have that? And I think all of those things are, you know, again, like I said, for when I look at my call. What I believe our calls, you know, our call is if, as a follower of, of Christ, mm-hmm. is to really to let our light so shine so others see our work, and they glorify our Father in heaven. That's Matthew five sixteen. And so I look at that and I go, man, we have all kinds of opportunities to do that. Why on earth would we think that? Oh my gosh, you know, like when you talk about the negative thoughts and the bad things coming in, what what possible good are, are going to come from those? You know, as opposed to, wait a minute, you know, this isn't, and again, like I said, it's not to say that bad things, we're not going to have to face bad things, and it doesn't always work out, you know, we don't always get the wins, we don't always get the results, but again, it's how we respond to those, are we going to bounce back and go, got the next one, got the next one, I'm fine, you know, and there's a reason for this, and now I'm going to be stronger coming back the next time, you know, that mentality versus that, oh my gosh, I'll just, you know, I don't miss this, hope I don't, you know. It's two contrasting thoughts, frame of thoughts that I think are just, and I think they, it, it seems to me really clear yeah. where one comes from and the other comes from. So, so wherever I'm at, uh, uh, some of the events that I'll be at, and, um, you know, always comes up your name eventually, and, you know, have I read, read that book, like, Lead for God's Sake. And the reason why I called it iconic at the very beginning is because I think any time somebody reads the book and and it kind of says to themselves man if if i had only had this book 15 years earlier 20 years earlier talk to us about you know because this book has been out for a while now it's impacted you know thousands of coaches and, and millions of people if we go down the influence of a coach can you talk to us about uh the book and that experience and and where it's at now yeah. So again, I'm, I mean, I'll go back to um, kind of, an, and I'll just say this is this would be a hinge moment mm-hmm. that you know I think you you talk about a lot where there's a moment in your life that just something happens and it changes the course of everything else. You know, and, and this was was definitely for me. I, I never intended to write this thing as a parable. Um, I had an outline laid out. I, I felt called to write this thing. 
um, but it was going to be step one, step two, step three, you know, typical leadership book. And it right. didn't, you know, for two weeks struggled. And I felt really clearly called to start over the short story. And then I did that, you know, halfway through, it was really clear. I mean, as I started going, I should say it was really clear that, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing because it just kept coming out. And then as I got halfway through, it was like, wow, this is a message that I think is going to speak to a lot of people. I just felt that. Mm -hmm. uh, not because of really anything special at all about me, but more about what I felt like God was calling me to do in this thing. So, um, yeah, so that that was that kind of started the journey. And then, you know, when I had heard from different people, and Lou Holtz was one of those that, you know, his response back was, wow, I wish I would have read it 30 years ago. And I'm going, and that's crazy. Right. It's crazy to hear that from Lou Holtz. But then, you know, even a guy like Urban Meyer, um, as we started to hear from different people, he was one of them that, and I got an email from him and I thought, man, you know, which one of my buddies is messing with me? How, how could this really come from Urban Meyer? Because this is Urban Meyer, you know, national championships, reach out to you about the book. Yeah. And, and he's, and this was after the Florida, you know, he had, he had stepped away once and then went back and stepped away for good the second time. And so this was right when he was in that season of, you know, he's, he's separated from football. Mm -hmm. Uh, Blackledge had given it to him and it just really hit, hit him hard and you know I would say it created kind of a hinge moment in his life where he's like this is this is the heart of the matter and, and again it talks it talks about the journey all of us I think are on um, you know in pursuit of living the type of life or living our life ultimately for the purpose that we're called to and what is that and how do we stay in alignment with that and pursue that without in some way, shape or form compromising the other things in life that sometimes we lose sight of the important, that their importance at the expense of things that all of a sudden we, you know, can, can be tricked to pursue, I think sometimes. And, and that's what happens, like you said, whether it's with a championship coach or, you know, a businessman, or really any businessman or woman, anybody in any business that's pursuing anything, there's that temptation to go after it to such an extent that we end up compromising the most important things in life. And for me, um, and my journey was kind of the same way where I just had an eye-opening experience when I was like 32 that just kind of reminded me that, you know, why you do what you do has to align with why you're here on this earth. And that begins with relationships. We're wired for relationships. That's scientific. I tell people all the time, it's like, it doesn't matter where you stand in the faith journey. There's so many things right now that prove that to be true, that, that we're we're made for relationship. The um, I think it's a, it's the it's the Gleick. There was a study in Harvard. I'm sure you you saw like a 75 year study that just came out like maybe a year and a half ago or so. And they're like they're trying to find the secret to happiness. Mm -hmm. You know, studying all these people over 75 years, happiness and longevity and all this. And the one common theme that continued to be woven through all the lives that you know, the, all the most fulfilling lives that seem to contribute to their longevity, to their peace, to their happiness, was relationships. Genuine relationships is what, what it all went back to. And it's like, you know, these were scientists. They weren't looking for, okay, we're gonna find a faith answer here. You know, they're trying to just find the facts. And they even they, it pointed to the facts of, hey, we're made for relationship. So I think that's been the most important part of even the journey with the book, yeah, is yeah. going back to that concept of why we're really here on this earth. So with 
especially with coaches, I mean, very high profile, um, you know, everything they do scrutinized. Why do you think this book affected so many different coaches? Because, and ultimately, I mean, they're judged outside by, you know, just wins and losses. But, but why, do you, why do you think it affected them so much? I think, I, I, well, I mean, I can tell you from firsthand experience, almost every one of them go, you know, you pegged, you pegged my life. That was me. You know, I was that coach. And, that, and we all, and I hear from the business individuals too, it's like we've all at some point can relate to pursuing something so much that we that blinders came on and we started to sacrifice the things that mattered most we started to lose sight of what mattered most and it's really hard to get back on that track and in fact it's really hard i think you know i think where i hear from a lot of coaches is it's hard to stay on that path um i can't tell you how many you know letters and things that i get from from individuals that go todd you know i I just finished reading it for the sixth time you know i'm like are you crazy? How do you do that? I couldn't, I mean, I can't read it for, you know, but um, I think, again, I think it, it resonates because this drive, this pursuit of what we think, you know, is going to bring peace in our lives, the wins, the championships, to get, you know, those things are great. And we're, it's a part of life. It's great for us to pursue those with but we can't do it at the expense of the things that matter most. And that's the challenge, especially in our culture today. Because like you said, I mean, these, the pressure that these coaches are constantly, and they put a lot of it on themselves, no matter what level they're on. You know, it's all a matter of perspective. Urban Meyer loses five games this year, and they're going to be talking about, ah, we got we to gotta get a new coach. Gotta, I mean, you know, I mean, that's the... That's the nature of the beast that any big, any big institution like that, there's going to be people like that. And the reality is, is I always try to help them see like, okay, so, so let's suppose that the worst thing happens and all of a sudden they go, oh, you're no good for here. Like, what's the big deal? You're going to, are you, are you not ever going to be able to coach anywhere else again? I mean, are you going to not have a place to sleep tonight? Not have wheels to be able to drive home. And, and so yeah, for a lot of coaches, it's a livelihood. I get that, but at the same time, it's a matter of perspective. It's like, man, are we really, are we really pursuing these things because it's do or die, or have we convinced ourselves that our identity is at stake here? We have to win, otherwise, gosh, we're worthless. Yeah, and then I guess getting back to that original point of the truth versus you know the lie in terms of our identity totally yeah absolutely that's so i mean that's and i think that's again i think for whatever reason that story i mean i think it just most of us get and, and i told people when i was writing that first of all i didn't i mean again like i said it just came out i didn't know what was going to happen at the end i didn't know who the plot characters really all were but i can tell you the one thing that i remember where i knew that it was way bigger than me. I was like, oh man, this, this story's crazy. Is I would be writing and like kind of editing the same section mm -hmm. for the 50th time. And I know you know this well, like we, that's a bad sentence. That, you know, like going over and, and be going over a section just to try to get the sentences right. But the story part, you know, for the 50th time, and I'm still sitting at my desk crying my eyes out. Like it's still causing me to cry. 
going through it. So it resonated. I get it. The pursuit and the battle and the blindness, you know, blind spots, all those things. And so I, you know, I just think the identity, all those things are, I think, battles that most of us can relate to. And you know, how do you, how do you master it? I still, I still don't have the answer to that. But hopefully, the, the book maybe gives them some. Yeah. Seem least help. <laughs> you know, one of the things I've always found amazing, and I was speaking about this uh, this year, but looking at every Super Bowl champion, and that when they've held up the trophy, Super Bowl trophy, that there were so many different players and coaches that had the thought of, "Is that it? Mm. Like, is that is that all there is?" And if it wasn't that thought, then it was a sense of just utter relief, and yeah. then automatically it was okay, now what? So that pursuit, everything that they were always striving towards, even when they got it, it, it didn't very last for very long. And so it just kind of showed us that, look, the process is more important than what the product is ever going to be. Yeah, um, so true. When you're coaching, can you share with us that a little bit is, is how do we stay connected to our process and our why? Um, well, I mean, again, like I said, that's kind of a, um, I throw easy questions at you here. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that's a, that's a tough one. That's one you and I, we, we could talk about, we need to go to lunch for this one, man. And I yeah. could probably learn way more uh, from you than me on this one. Um, but I, I, you know, again, like I said, I think we have to have, we have to have people around us that are close to us that, um, we can continuously check in with to get that accountability of how my, how do you see me doing? Not just, okay, how am I doing? It's kind of like, what are you seeing here? Because I can watch, and I'm, I'm sure you're the same way. You've got guys that you work with. You can watch them, and you can tell if there's peace or if they're if they're walking in mental anguish. And if they're coming to you going, okay, what do you see? You know, you're miserable. <laughs> like, like you're ready to jump off the cliff. I mean, um, so I think having people like that in our lives I think number that's that's huge. People that will speak truth to us, and I really believe, um, and I know I know you know this, but I think, sadly, um, some of the most successful coaches in America. Um, that's probably the most dangerous, and most underestimated thing that they have in their lives. And 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 what I mean is, when I say dangerous, I mean. They will put people around them that they think might speak truth to them, but because they hold, you know, the the, the go they're the goose that lays the golden egg, so to speak. It's like, is anybody really going to come and tell you? And this is just flat out wrong how you're handling this. And you, you know, you you you're doing this. Or do, I mean, are you really? Are they really going to speak that truth to you? And again, like I said, I, I just think there's a lot of coaches out there that. They may think they have those people around them, but I don't know. And especially the most successful ones. The most successful ones sometimes, or the ones, I shouldn't say the most successful, the ones that have won those champ that championship and even multiple championships, the more they win, the tougher it is for them to find those people that will really you know, genuinely speak the truth in their life. And I think that's a huge key to maintaining that proper perspective. Um, so. Well, that's fascinating. So, I mean, that's got to be about the same for any type of business in, in our lives, right? I, 
totally. I'm glad you, I mean, I'm glad you say that because I would tell you that as ladders go in any business, and, and I will say business, politics, ministry included, sports, there's a there's ladders in every one of those spheres of influence in our society mm -hmm. that people are climbing. And I will tell you that the higher up you go in any of those places of it, you know, any of those spheres, the more difficult it is to find those people. Um, and not only to, to find those people, I mean like, I guess to find the people willing, but also to be willing yourself to go, I'm gonna listen to this person. Because, you know, the temptation is if anybody tells me something that's uncomfortable, I mean, I can always go, gosh, these three rings I have sure are nice, aren't they? Now, what did you just say about me? Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and, and I say that as an, I mean, like, kind of tongue in cheek, but sure. But I can guarantee, and I'll, and I'll bet you know, to say you, you've talked to the same in your, your field of people you've worked with, there's this mindset that also is like, well, well, wait a minute, I've got, I've done this, this, and this, so who are you to tell me this? And it's kind of like, well, it doesn't matter how many of these rings you have. First of all, there's so many things, there's so many factors that come into play with every championship that are beyond the champion's control. Absolutely. That just because you have three rings doesn't mean that you've, you know, you figured all the answers, you have all the answers. There are many of us has all the answers. And I think we have to be, be really careful. And the same thing, like you said, in any business, just because you're making a lot of money, it does not mean that you're doing things all right. Right. And again, in all those spheres that I can tell you, I can build a, a church of 30,000 people and be looking at you and go, hey, I, I built this, you know, it doesn't, because you have 30,000 people coming, doesn't mean that you're doing everything right. And I, that's hard for leaders to, to grasp sometimes, I think, and to find people around them or to be willing to put people around them that will stand up to that. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's part of, I think, the discipline and mental toughness is being able to have not just people that agree with us, but that will challenge us and you know, constantly help us get better and to point out our blind spots. If you can speak to that individual, successful person, how do we put those people around us? Well, I think, um, number one, I think you have to be really, really careful when it's employees. Um, because when it's somebody that, I mean, like, it has to be vetted in a, in a way that, you know, it, it's got to be somebody that's, that you truly believe is, their employment is not life or death for them. And their climbing the ladder is not life or death. And um, so I think that's really important. I always tell people that I think it's, I think it's very important that you invite. I always say you invite encounter, you invite accountability, invite the tough stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also really important that those leaders sit down with whoever that is, whoever that you know, whoever they choose, and give them the freedom to ask. I want you to ask me and and tell me the tough stuff. So if you feel like I'm being arrogant, for instance, and that this is, I'm allowing my ego to really, I want you to go, I want you to tell me this. If you feel like I'm being dishonest, I mean, because these are the, 
these are the things that are really, you know, we talk about somebody speaking truth to us. It's easy to come and say, hey, and I think you're working too hard. You know, that's a badge of honor nowadays. That's not a holding me accountable to, you know, it shouldn't be a badge of honor, but it is. Right. So when I tell leaders all the time, I'm like, you have to find that person and you have to give them permission to ask you the toughest questions, you know. Um, so again, like I said, I think those are two, you know, number one, finding the person, not necessarily the person that, that is directly employed by you, um, but also, um, you know, person that you feel like you can sit down and say, look, I want you to ask me this question. I want you to do feel comfortable calling me out on on this really tough subject yeah um, I just think that's huge indeed man what is um, so what is the what is the other piece of information that, that you want us to know when it comes to you know mental toughness or leadership or even selfishness what's what's the one piece that we all need to know and can get better at well I think I think probably kind of an, an overarching theme in leadership and, and I think this is why this leads to why I believe mental toughness is such a such a such an important thing um, for all of us to grasp is is every one of us you know, if leadership begins as a as a baseline with our influence every one of us is is has the opportunity every day through words attitudes behaviors our choices has the opportunity to move people in some way shape or form and that could be you know, it could be nothing more than moving them to a smile, moving them to a little better place than they were 10 seconds ago. And it could be moving them to a, a life decision, whatever it may be, you know. But all of us, no matter what our position, our hierarchical position in society is, all of us has those opportunities, at least to some extent, with someone. And so when you, when you grasp the importance of that, I think it's really important to also grasp Hey, this mental toughness thing, when we talk about, am I walking around negative all the time because I'm giving it, well, I can't do this, and this is never going to work, and nobody really cares. It doesn't really matter anyways. Oh my gosh, I hate this, or what? You know what I mean? Like when we, when we walk through life like that, we're listening to the lies. We're giving in. That's yeah. mental weakness. It's the opposite. We're giving in. And the, the key is, is it's not only affecting you, it's affecting all those you're you're interacting with. So this is a big thing, you know, when we talk about, again, mental toughness and the opportunity that every one of us has to not just you know, walk it out in our own lives, but look at the influence that we have the opportunity to be. And that's when you take it to a whole nother level is, you know, what I was, Joe calls in the book, the choice within the choice is when you're making your decisions, not just based on what you want, but based on the the ultimate effects that those decisions are going to have on everybody in your circle of influence. That's when you really start going, okay, hey, this negative self-talk that I'm giving into and this giving up early or whatever, any of these things where, you know, go against coming mentally tough can be, and this is where they magnify and importance is, is exponential. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just affect me, it affects everyone. So, hey, that's no, what, no, that's one get, the, no one gets there alone. Huh? said no one gets there alone. No one gets there, absolutely. <laughs> I, I just, yes. And, and by the way, great job on this. I know I, we talked about it a little bit, but this book is awesome. And I, I, I love 
um, the challenge that you give all of us right from the beginning to check ourselves. It aligns with what we've been talking about in our pursuits, our competitive nature, to be able to really check ourselves and understand, wait a minute, would I be the one that would stop? Mm -hmm. I was on that track and help somebody else out. Do my part to not just worry about myself, but how am I influencing others with my decisions? And, and so, um, yeah, man, I, I love it. I love the title of the, the stories in it. So, great, great stuff, man. Uh, Todd, where can people follow you and, uh, and learn more about you and get connected? Um, well, Twitter is probably the easiest one, with just, which is just at Todd Gonwell. Um, you know, the lead for God's sake stuff, there's a, we have a website that if you just, if you Google lead for God's sake, I'll put those links in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a Cardia TG, which is our, uh, Cardia transformation group. That's, that's the you know, kind of the company that serves as the, the shelf for the stuff that I do to try to, to encourage others. So, um, but yeah, Twitter, Facebook, all the, all the normal the uh, social media stuff we're out there so yeah appreciate connecting i appreciate the time and thank you so much todd hey rob i appreciate you having me on and thank you for for all that you do man i love following your stuff and your continuous encouragement has impacted me and so please keep up the great work man thanks buddy thanks Thank you for listening to the Mental Toughness Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can also check us out on Twitter at Dr. Rob Bell or visit our website at drrobbell.com.